Hey, welcome back to another Dispatch from Holly McKay. We are going back to Iraq today, specifically in search of missing people. Holly, tell us a little bit about this story. Right. So I guess anyone who's been following my work or really read Only Cry for the Living are very aware of the plight of the Yazidis. Of course, the Yazidis um, you know, are a minority in Iraq. They come from Sinjar Mountain, which is sort of near the enclave of, of Syria and Turkey. And um, they were really heavily persecuted by ISIS. Many of the women were taken um, and their stories have been told because the when a lot of the women came back, they really broke a lot of the taboos and sort of broke out of their very closed culture and, and talked about rape and talked about all these things um, really to try to, to galvanize awareness over what was happening. Um, so really throughout that time, what we didn't hear much about was a, another minority group uh, that are known as the Turkmen. And they are actually Iraq's third largest ethnic group after the Arabs and the Kurds. Um, so about 60% of the Turkmen population identify as Sunni. Um, so they do have, um, you know, they are Muslim in that sense, even though they have their own ethnic traditions and then the rest are Shia. Um, and it's really that latter group, um, as we know that, you know, ISIS is Sunni and really attacked Shia. So it's sort of that 40% of the Turkmen population who were really brutally attacked by ISIS. I'm kind of in the same vein as the Yazidis were, but we just didn't hear about them. Um, and that is largely because they are, they are just so closed and conservative. And this is the really sad part that they were afraid to speak up about the women, their women that had gone missing. And it got to a point, I think, um, you know, when I really started to become aware of it um, in Baghdad sort of many years ago in the very tail end of ISIS was that, you know, several of these women had missing, um, very, very few, if any, really had come back. And then with that, they kind of weren't welcome back at all um, because once that they'd you know, known to be, you know, in the company of a, of a man that was not a part of their religion or B, um, you know, that they were married to, then that was, uh, that was so taboo that, that they're sort of not even welcome to come back now. So we're basically left with a situation where a lot of these Turkmen women are, you know, have either been died in battle and there are many mass graves or that they are, you know, now having to assume these new identities as ISIS wives, and that is because they have nowhere else to go. Well, so essentially, you know, where the Yazidi made an extraordinary effort to welcome these people back into their fold. Um, have the Turkmen, has that reluctance by the Turkmen to uh, welcome these people back? Um, essentially right. put them in a position of not being able to come back even if they want to? Essentially, unfortunately, that is the conservative vein. And with that, there are certainly a lot of wonderful, you know, Turkmen uh, politicians, Turkmen activists, and, and they're sort of mainly from the Talaf area of Iraq. Um, you know, and they, they've been trying to speak out. They've been trying to, to bring awareness. They've been trying to change sort of this misconception within their own culture that this isn't the fault of the women. And they're really, um, I think, banging their head against a, a bit of a brick wall at this point because, um, you know, still so few of them have come back. And and really a lot of them were killed in the most brutal way. I've had testimonies of, of women, absolutely Turkmen women, being burned alive by ISIS. And that sort of shows you the, the depths of, of depravity 
um, that you know we we so easily forget as as we move along. Officially, there are 533 names registered uh, from the Turkmen population as missing, um, but of course they know that there are many more than that. A lot of these people uh, were never registered, sort of with the government, um, as missing because of those taboos again. And then you know, along sort of with the women, um, you know, looking at that number, you know, in in my last count in Baghdad. Um, only 22 of them have returned. So that shows you um, that there are still many hundreds missing. Um, you know, potentially some of them are alive, but again, they've had to, um, either they've been, you know, forced to to be an ISIS bride, um, you know, potentially they've had children, which certainly wouldn't be welcome back in, in the community and, and are not welcome in the Yazidi community either. Um, so you're just looking at so many of these really, you know, sad, unfortunate, parts of that are uncomfortable to talk about i mean there's no comfortable way to talk about this um either within the community or outside the community and you're looking at uh, just a stigma of, of being sexually abused that has just that runs so deep um and it, you know it does take a lot of courage for people in that community to, to speak out about it um to somebody like me who's a media person um but unfortunately um, you know, it, it's just it's not enough to bring any of these women back or to to sort of change this um, this mindset. And I think that is one of the biggest unspoken tragedies of what the ISIS conflict brought about. Yeah. So are these uh, women that are missing, are they primarily Shia or are they also Sunni? Primarily Shia. I think in you know many cases, the Sunnis, you know, and that is, again, why. Um, the Shia were were designated as you know having genocide committed against them, um, along with the Yazidis and the Christians, because that was sort of a primary target for for ISIS, who who are Sunni and and and. In many cases, I would often hear stories, and you can read more about this in my book as well. But you would hear stories about. Um, you know, the, there was often a sort of a um, escape, you know, for the Christians, you know, they were told that they had to play attacks or, um, you know, their lives often weren't directly threatened. Um, and of course, Yazidis were killed a lot too, and then some taken as spoils of war. But oftentimes, you know, if they discovered that you were Shia, there was absolutely zero mercy. So in many ways, they were um, really bore the brunt of of the ISIS uh, uh, of the ISIS reign. In many ways, there was there was no sparing their lives. They didn't even have an opportunity to pay a tax or to escape, and they're pretty much just slaughtered on the spot. So. Uh, you know, it is a, it's a very complicated dynamic that is um, that is sort of within Iraq itself, uh, which is a dominant, predominantly Shia place. But you know, we had somebody like Saddam, who's a Sunni, rule it for so long. So there are so many competing powers, and it's very hard to wrap your head around. But history really does matter when it comes to um, the sort of uh, jihadist conflict, if you will, that that happens in that part of the world. So. Is the Iraqi government doing anything to reintegrate these people as they are found? You know, if, I think they even have if they can't pro- be. There I mean, are you programs. Know, are they welcome they in de- other parts of Iraq? You know, there are always programs. They always designate somebody from the government to, you know, be some sort of um, minister of this or minister of that, and and. <sighs> You know, at the end of the day, I'm sure some good gets done. But at the end of the day, there there just is a lot of frustration. The Iraqi government has a huge mountain of problems that it's trying to deal with. Um, and so sort of this, 
you know, isn't, 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 they don't even have a functioning government. So really this isn't the top of their priority list and, and probably never will be. Um, so it really is up to the activists within that community and, and the international community to, to do whatever part we can um, in at least bringing some awareness and, and some dignity back. And, and just because a conflict has ended and it's been over five years since, um, ISIS was quote unquote declared territorially defeated, at least in, in Iraq. But you have a case with this just there's mountains of mass graves. There's dozens of mass graves um, sort of all over the country and particularly in this Talafa area. Um, and so a lot of, you know, that that could bring a lot of closure to Yazidis, to Turkmen, to a lot of these minorities that were really targeted and yet these graves remain closed. Um, nobody's you know, come to open them to, you know, that is a process within itself that has to be, that has to be opened by a civil defense unit. Um, obviously, bodies have to be very carefully exhumed. They have to be uh, examined for DNA. They have to, you know, be tried to be registered. And, and, and it comes with a big process. And that's something that Iraq has also sort of struggled to do. And, and just the massive mass graves in that country, um, you know, not even from this conflict, but dating back previously to, to many other years of war and persecution. It's, uh, it's quite stunning when you when you try to wrap your head around it well it, it, somehow sadly I, I i wonder if you know these people are just going to slowly disappear into history at this point um you know no i don't have a crystal ball i can't predict the future but um you know it's a grim one so uh, you know, at least I can I can bring awareness, at the, and that's that's sort of the role that I I can play in this, and and uh, I just hope the Turkmen get the uh, support that they need. Okay, um, the uh, but there is a dedicated group of activists of of Turkmen that are attempting to get um attention. There, there are they have representation in Parliament, and and you know one of the sort of the key people that I, I spoke to a lot when I was there is uh, Faisal Mahmoud and he runs what's called the Peaceful Committee and that's out of Talafa which is about 40 miles west of Mosul and and that's sort of the predominant area where the Turkmen population resides. Okay very good well I mean you know I remember uh that when ISIS swept through the Neva plain they were particularly brutal and um um and, and and quite barbaric actually um uh in particularly in the early days of of their takeover um so uh you know this is a very sad commentary really on the the leftovers of that i hope these these people are eventually found and or if not reintegrated into their society uh find a way to carry on with their lives but uh it's a sad story holly thank you for telling it and uh yeah, yeah, and I mean, we have to look forward, and, and again, nobody wants to be the sort of the cultural um, ogre, if you will, but I mean, something has to change in, in this sort of mindset because, you know, heaven forbid if this ever happened again, I wouldn't want to see these women, these girls afraid to come home. Yeah, okay. Well, I agree with you, and um, yeah, you're you are you are doing a very important thing by making sure that they are not forgotten and for that we thank you and we'll talk to you again soon thank you